Something new is supported by listeners like you. Visit joelbnew.com and help this podcast continue to grow, thrive, and be a part of the creative conversation. Special thanks to the Dramatist Guild Fund for welcoming us into their space for today's episode. Providing the music hall for writers to use for free is one of the many ways the Dramatist Guild Fund supports writers. I encourage you all to find out more about DGF by visiting their website at www.dgfund.org or on Twitter at DGFund. This is Joel B. New, and you're listening to Something New, my chance to talk with some of the savviest theater artists in the industry, to hear their stories, to play through and premiere brand new original songs, and get to the heart of what makes them the working multifaceted artists they have come to be. Today's episode is super special. It's my first panel in season four, and season four is a lot about looking back, and I, you know, four years, definitely very significant, you know, your college years or four years or high school years or four years, like... Four years, it's like a very significant marker for me anyway. Mm -hmm. So I thought it would be interesting to look back at season one and invite four people back from season one to kind of catch up. Um, Let's see, sitting here at the beautiful Drama Skilled Fun Music Hall, uh, we have director, actor, and photographer Billy Bustamante. Hello. Uh, We have actor and recording artist Gay Marshall. Hello. Uh, vocal massage therapist, musician, and actor, Christine Patterson. Hello. And voice teacher and vocalist, Chris York. Hello. <laughs> Did I use anyone's titles incorrectly? Or that's fantastic. No, that's right. Morning, I so don't remember what you that. said. Stud <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's me. Why okay. love her? It was so you guys represent the most downloaded episodes from season one. Oh, that's fun. I yeah. Know that. I didn't yeah. Know that. That's great. You're the top four. Congrats. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, so I thought my listeners would definitely want to hear back from you. And uh, so we're going to talk about a little bit about those first interviews. I listened to them again this week. And um, it's a lot of me talking. And like where life has taken you since then. Like, we'll see if the path you had decided on back then is where you ended up going, or if and why the path changed. Um, so, I, like I said, I want this to feel more like a conversation than an interview, even though I have a script. Um, so, feel free to chime in, <laughs> ask each other questions, ask me questions, whatever you want. Um, and first of all, thank you all for being here thank on you. Friday. Oh, that's so fun. I'm yeah. so glad. I'm excited. Um, so, let's just dive in because we have so much catching up to do. Um, just going round robin. Billy Bustamante. Yo. How's it going? Yo, life is good. Yeah, yeah. Life is great. Good, I can tell. Um, let's see, your episode was in November of 2012. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, since then, you've made your Broadway debut. I have. Yeah, congratulations. Thanks so much. What, um, what was that in and what was that... Um, I was in the original company of the King and I revival at Lincoln Center. Um, so cool. It was really cool. I'm really proud of the production. It's gorgeous. Everyone should go see it. Um, I swung 11 tracks and covered oh, the role of wow. Lunta. My word. Um, Did you go on a lot? I went on a lot. Yes. <laughs> yes. I went on a lot. Um, and... Uh, yeah, um, I did the first six months of that show, and then I left in July to focus on my director-choreographer self. Mm-hmm. Um, and since then, um, I, am the, I am the new associate artistic director of B-Side Productions, a small but mighty theater company in town. We uh, develop new works, revive lesser-known but worthy works, um, and uh, we're like going gangbusters and getting ready to produce our next show in the summer and we're really excited awesome. and I'm shooting a lot <laughs> yeah. yeah I've seen it on Facebook like you're, yes. yeah you're, you're yeah. back in a big way I have to say this guy's an amazing photographer oh, yes. he oh, did my yes. headshots so and you know go to Billy Bustamante yes. only Billy B photographer only when I have subjects like gay Marshall <laughs> <laughs> in natural light it was tragic anyway <laughs> I had a student yesterday that was talking you about you. You were so kind. No way, what? Yeah, I had a student yesterday that was like, so there's this guy, Billy Bustamante, like, yeah, his, I, I need to get his pictures. They're so good. I was like, oh, yeah, I think he's all right. That's funny. I was like, I'll see you tomorrow. I'll tell him. That is amazing. Send him my so famous. <laughs> Christine, you've, yeah. you've done a lot of tracks before, right? Swinging? Yeah. 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 Well, 
I mean, with vocal people, I was the swing. But oh that gosh. was that. That's oh the my. most I've done. But that was three tracks of acapella. Uh, you know, 70 songs in 90 minutes. <gasps> and I covered all three girls. So wow. it was definitely the hardest thing I've ever done, but very rewarding. It was, it tested my, I, yeah, I have a double major in vocal performance and French horn performance. And it was, I'm very glad that I was a musician <laughs> and have my French horn degree because it's because of that, that I was able to have the musicianship and to, be able to do that swing for sure. That sounds like the insanity workout for your voice. It was. So yes. it, was. Yes. it was. It was vocal gymnastics to a T. It's wow. the most I've ever had to experiment with my voice was that show. Oh, awesome experience. Amazing. My husband and I did it for three years. Wow. But um, did you, uh, um, doing that kind of intense vocal work, did you find that you had no vocal problems or did it bring up some vocal problems? Um, I, I did not have any vocal problems, mm-hmm. thank goodness. Thank um, goodness but, <laughs> but I do laryngeal therapy and TMJ therapy, so I certainly worked myself a lot. <laughs> so there's a little boost for myself. Double duty. Uh, yeah. No, but that, that's fantastic. I bet a lot of people would like to know how you stay in shape for something that's that demanding. Yeah, you know? I think that that is fantastic. It is definitely a matter of self-care. You know, for mm-hmm. me, I manually did a lot of self-care for myself mm-hmm. and and for my cast. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I didn't. They didn't do self care. I just did manual therapy <laughs> on them, but I did self care for is myself. Is it mostly yeah. exercises or rest and exercises? Uh, or is it like a whole... actually doing manual work that oh. I would do? So I would literally the stuff that I'm doing on my clients manually, I would do on myself. Oh, like a, a yeah. massage? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, working it every day and intraorally everything. So because I was on that is a really lot. fascinating. Definitely by the end, by the time we went to New World stages, I was on all the time. I mean, it would be like, okay, Soprano's out tonight. Okay, Alta's out for a week. Okay, now you're on for Mezzo for two weeks. Oh, Soprano has a night off. Oh, and so it was this every night I was on for something else. And at one moment, the assistant director had a, had a sign backstage that said the role because I just looked off deer in headlights like... I Who forgot what I? I'm saying. <laughs> and it was like, that's all. That's all. Wow. Yeah, it was very cool. It was very cool. I was the, uh, I was the only really person to, to ever do that for them. And um, it was cool. It was great. It was, I, w- I felt awesome that they uh, had the faith in me to do is it. Is this something you invented or is it something that, th- this method? Tell oh, us. The, this is fascinating. Oh, what I do with laryngeal therapy? You said, yeah. Oh, okay. So um, what, I, what I do now, and I've been doing for the past several years, um, I do, I, I call it vocal massage, but I specialize in laryngeal therapy and TMJ therapy. Mm-hmm. So I do um, vocal rehabilitation and vocal maintenance. Mm-hmm. I work with, I only do that now. I if someone is referred to me who has shoulder pain or something and nothing's happening vocally or with the jaw, then I refer them elsewhere because I'm, I'm very, very booked, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but so I have either, um, I, I work with a network of, uh, speech pathologists, otolaryngologists and voice teachers in the city. And if someone starts having some kind of vocal problem, they're sent mm-hmm. to me. Definitely, if they have MTD, muscular tension dysphonia, mm-hmm. they're sent to me. Mm-hmm. If they have some kind of TMJD, um, temporal mandibular joint disorder, mm-hmm. a lot of times they're sent to me. Um, and so I'm doing the manual aspect of mm-hmm. their care. So I'm doing hands-on. The hands-on. Cool. Um, that yeah, is fascinating. it's awesome. I love it. I'm in love with it. Um, it's not well known here in the states yet. It's very popular in Europe. It's cool. very popular in Australia. Um, mm-hmm. People that come over from the West End, this is awesome, and and everyone should be doing it. Um, <laughs> I have a number of clients from the West End, and because they're used to this care, they have talked it into their contract. They have Fantastic. negotiated it. And so they say, So okay. you get the people from the Royal Shakespeare Company and, and the, the Brits that come over to... Yeah, yeah, especially cool. from London cool. and Australia. So when people come over, and Germany, when people come over from those 
uh, mm-hmm. countries, they, they've already negotiated it in. So it's fantastic oh, because yeah. they come in, they come to me, they come in, mm-hmm. and they're ready to go. Mm-hmm. And then I just invoice the company, and their, produ- <laughs> their production is paying for their sessions. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, yeah, it's really great. I try to tell all of my Bridewell cl- Broadway clients, like, get this into yeah. your... Yeah into your contract because producers are paying for this and Mm. just negotiate it. Um, And obviously they're willing to negotiate it. I mean, they want their... It works, obviously it works. Yeah, and they want their their cast to be healthy, for sure. I mean, the demands now of shows are much greater than they've ever been. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not being a triple threat singer, dancer, actor. It's being a a quadruple threat just with singing Mm -hmm. and then dancing and acting phenomenally on top of that so with what you're asked to do vocally which you know chris can talk more about for sure um it you need you need a team behind Mm -hmm. you and it's a matter of of finding that team and there are phenomenal people in this city that are you know great voice teachers and and speech pathologists and otolaryngologists and manual care and I'm about to start training other people in it. Cool. So. Wonderful. And, and I'm about to create a national uh, training program for other therapists to refer to. Oh, my God. Excellent. Yeah. yeah. Taking over She's the an world. entrepreneur. Absolutely. <laughs> Very exciting. Congratulations. Yeah. Awesome. And, uh, and I'm doing online. I'm doing online um, with the help of Tom Burke, of course, who's the like, online king. Yes. Uh, I'm about to start uh, doing... S- Kind of collaborating with my brother on some uh, vocal anatomy. He he's a m- medical researcher mm. and uh, has taught anatomy and microbiology and everything. And so he's doing all of my illustrations. And so I'm going to do an online right. anat- vocal anatomy course. And uh, I have my online self care series. I mm. teach at universities with on- with uh, awesome. self care and vocal anatomy so it's cool I, I'm starting to Fantastic. have more universities yeah. say come and teach and I'm like yes thank you <laughs> I will I've been thrilled I will <laughs> plus you're a great singer <laughs> well you know I, I, mean, I remember yeah I'm a I'm a good singer if my, if my anxiety doesn't get in the way, which is great because then I can I can deal with my clients who come in and they're really anxious about a particular, mm-hmm. you know, oh my gosh, something's yeah. happening, I'm swelling and I've gotten really anxious, or, or this is the big one, oh my gosh, I just got nominated for a Tony, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm afraid I won't be able to sing. Yes, at the, yeah. yeah, and then it's like the anxiety of it, and then just adds just to the... to, to understand what that anxiety is like. Oh yeah. Well, I've had a lot of vocal problems. <laughs> but not for a long time actually not for a really long time but I remember when um, I, I would sing you know you have eight shows mm-hmm. and I would do you know the first ones okay yes 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 and then by the end of the week I was yeah. you know croaking mm-hmm. and um, because I never took voice lessons because I mm-hmm. thought that you know, I just always sang. Still to this day, gonna... you haven't taken voice lessons? Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, I was like, no, what? no, no, no. You're amazing! Did you know? <laughs> How did you do that? <laughs> no, you know, yeah. you know, I think that the best thing that, well, the, the, the obvious thing is, is when you hear someone whose voice knocks you out uh, on a consistent basis, you know, you kind of go to them and say, um, mm. do you study with anyone? <laughs> you know? And since I'd never taken voice lessons, um, I was working with, uh, do you know Diane Frattentoni? Yeah. She did, okay. She loves me, right? uh, uh, oh, she, Yeah, she yeah. did She Loves Me a while ago. Um, and uh, Pam Klinger, I did Chorus Line here in New York with a, a girl named Pam Klinger, who was just, I mean, just astounding. You know, she was Maggie, so she oh, would yeah. belt out uh, at the ballet, mm-hmm. and then she'd sing that sweet soprano, mm-hmm. uh, you know, in the middle of the, what we call the montage. Mm-hmm. And... Um, <clears throat> They both studied with the same person. So I said, hmm, I think I'll look him up. <laughs> and um, because I'd get such anxiety before I'd sing that, that it wasn't worth it. You know, it was like being, well, I'm afraid of stuck elevators. It was like being in a stuck yeah. elevator just waiting yeah, well, to sing at absolutely. the end of the show, you know, because I was doing what I did for love. And, uh, you know, that, that took a lot. And this man named Eric Thorndahl, who unfortunately doesn't teach anymore, was my first uh, voice teacher, and it changed. It changed my life. And it was mostly about breathing, mm. actually. Oh yeah, because mm. I was all here mm-hmm. instead of 
place. You know, here. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you listening understand. <laughs> all here and all here. Okay, you got that. Good. So, uh, you know, it was, I was, it was all yes. in my throat. Yes. And nothing from here. And it just is always such a good sign to me when, I, when my back aches when I'm singing. Do you know what I mean? Like for a long period of time, like if I'm doing a concert. Because I know that everything is coming from the right place that's probably very bad news to you i don't know your voice your face changed (laughs) (laughs) because no but it means like i have absolutely no tension and everything is sort of coming from the right place but yeah i i I definitely learned a lot Mm. and and i have a voice coach here named aaron hagan who is uh i i i just i love you aaron i love you (laughs) no i just do he's so um he's just so inspiring every time i leave him i'm like I'm, in, I'm inspired. And sometimes we'll talk for like almost half of the lesson. But the things that he says, you know, they make sense to me. And they, it's sort of the gift that keeps on giving, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, That's anyway. Great. That's great. Um, but I still need you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been. I've been to her. She's, she's awesome. It's uh, magic. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be terrified yeah. to have my voice massaged. Your throat massaged? My throat massaged. You know, a lot... There are a lot of people respond that way when, when different clients go out and they're like, oh my gosh, well, there's someone who does laryngeal therapy. And they're like, seriously, they're touching your throat. Oh my gosh. The first session is like, what is she going to do? What is she going to do? And literally by the second or third session, and any of my clients will confirm this, that it's, it's something that you start to crave. You're like, mm. please release this muscle. Mm. The muscles start being like, please help me, release me. And so they literally go, oh. Start sighing with like, oh, mm-hmm. thank God, or they start totally snoring. <laughs> they're so, they're uh-huh. out, uh-huh. out for <laughs> Wow. Um, yeah, it's. Um, that's yes. a little hippy dippy, but like, isn't like that's one of the chakras, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like the, the truth. That, yeah, truth. Yes. That is that. something that um, my my mentor who. Um, so, so since I was last on the show, she's the only one with a glass of wine. I just want to point out. Oh, 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 and Billy. Okay. Angel. Oh, I'm the only one with that. Well, I'm not either, sadly. Oh, we'll get to wine. Christine's episode you aired in July of 2013. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. I can't believe it was that long ago. It feels like three weeks ago. No, I don't. You've done so much. You've been up to so much since then. Yeah, yeah. I think Um, at that point I had already studied with... um, I had specialized in laryngeal therapy with Dr. Lieberman and and studied with him privately before that. And then since then I studied with him again in Vancouver and then I helped host him at the NYU uh, Voice Clinic this past August. Um, training speech pathologists, um, which was awesome. And so to, to be continuing my training with him has just been phenomenal. Um, yeah. And then, I don't, I mean, a number of certifications in my fascial release and, um, and I'm about in May to start my certification finally in cranial sacral training, which is very, very wonderful. Yeah. I'm very, very excited about it. In two weeks, I know I'm going to have different opinions here, but I am taking my first cadaver dissection course. Wow. Look at that. Wow. Um, That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah, I'm really interested. I'm very excited. My One of my colleagues is going to uh, attend the course with me. And so we're just going to delve into the body, literally, mm-hmm. and uh, and see it layer for layer that's what it is are you focusing on like the throat area I will be yeah you can do different you can decide on whatever you're going to do I mean we're there we're we're doing each layer yeah exactly I'm trying not to imagine it I'm just like thinking you know food think something else gay think something else landscapes landscapes you know landscapes is good okay yeah definitely different layers and stuff and then once we're down you know to the musculature layer then I will be focusing absolutely on throat on the you know really seeing what i'm touching every day but truly seeing it in a uh, you know everything we've seen is this one dimension and to finally see it in this 
true three-dimensional form or at least as true as you could possibly get other than being a doctor and actually doing surgery um see that's my problem I'm sort of a denial kind of personality. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I don't want to know. Um, and, and Aaron, m- my voice coach, he is, a, he is the god of technique. That's what I call him. And he's always talking about concrete, mm-hmm. you know, anatomical stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm always like, you know, <laughs> I just, because I, I feel as though there's a huge psychological aspect to singing. I just do. I feel like, I want to say that it's more than 50%, but I will give you 50% um, in the actual physiological because um, I, I find that if I'm really thinking, uh, I try to always think about what I'm singing, but if I'm not wondering how do I sound, if I'm just thinking about what this song means to me and where it comes from, really the voice production changes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, if you're listening to yourself, be, because that, that's just kind of a occupational hazard. I mean, yeah. Yeah. you just do, yeah. you know. I really think that impedes, well, the, the, the voice, the actual voice production, and, and, and it makes for a kind of a disconnect, which mm-hmm. makes your performance much, much less kind of valid, much less valid, because you're not giving your all to the expression. Absolutely. I think that's something I talk about a lot with... Uh with clients and, and in different workshops that I, that I do is that as a vocal athlete, we are, we are athletes, Absolutely. professional yeah. athletes. You yeah. are a professional athlete as a vocalist. Mm-hmm. And as a vocal athlete, uh, it is very different than any other athlete because of the emotional component. Absolutely. Because mm-hmm. of this truth chakra. If you are having to go out and perform eight shows a week and someone in your family has passed away or you're going through a divorce, you're experiencing mm-hmm. something that has kind of really hit you emotionally, mm-hmm. the way that you have to deal with it, and you're still expected to go out and do those eight shows, and I will mm-hmm. tell you that's a lot of times when someone starts developing to have problems. problems. Yeah. It's not always mm-hmm. because you – a lot of times it's not because you have bad technique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's because you're, the demands placed upon you – when you're and then you experience something like that and you still have to go on the show must go on uh it's it's that component that makes what we do um so much more difficult Mm -hmm. and vulnerable and Mm -hmm. you know this is still an area that people come in and it's very hush hush nobody knows that they have a vocal injury yeah. You know, when you're like, yeah. yeah, it's all over the news who tore an ACL, but right. but nobody knows. It, you know, no one can talk about it. It's very very hush hush, and you're like, I I have an entire practice built off of yeah. uh-huh. this. It's mm-hmm. it's not something no. that is abnormal at all. Mm-hmm. You're expected to do yeah, so much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at so um, oh, what is her name? Oh my God. Uh, Adele? No. <laughs> <laughs> We've had this. We've been Great. had this conversation many times. No, um, the uh, Natalie Dessay, the uh, sure. opera singer. Oh, right. sure. um, I had the great pleasure of meeting her after she did the La Fille du Régiment at, mm. at the Met a few years ago. And um, she was telling me about the operations that she had on her vocal cords. And um, I was really impressed because that didn't keep her away from such mm. a demanding vocal job. And she also said she wasn't interested in opera anymore. Mm. She's interested in theater, and she's doing theater uh, in Paris now. Mm. She's doing plays mm. and musicals. Wow. But um, I wanted to ask you, you know, at one point I had notes. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, I was singing with bands like five nights a week, different kinds of music, and um, I, got these, I got these notes, and I went to a doctor. I was in Paris. And actually, when I brought up this doctor's name to Natalie to say, she almost hit me. She hates him so much. <laughs> I thought she was going to say, because he became a friend, I thought she was going to say, oh, you know. And she it was different. But um, anyway. Uh, so he said, because he's a very well-known um, sur- uh, vocal, I can't really think of the French word. Yes, mm-hmm. there we go. And um, he said, I will operate you. And I said, no, hold that thought. Um, because I talk a lot, and I talk, I used to always, you know, destroy my voice in talking more than singing, actually. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I went away to Italy because I don't speak Italian, 
So I went away to Italy for a while, and I came back to see him. <laughs> That's so sad. <laughs> Best vocal therapy ever. Go to Italy. Of course, that, <laughs> it's right. mostly sort of sign language. And, and really, I did. I just, for me, it was amazing to shut mm. up for a long time. Wow. And went back to see him, and he, he swore. He said, you saw another doctor. You had this operation, didn't you? Because they went away. Mm-hmm. Wow. And I just want to put that out there for anybody who might be listening. You know, it is true that with certain conditions with nodes, I'm certainly Absolutely. not an expert. Oh, yeah. But Absolutely. if you do Especially just nodes. stop, yeah. you don't have to have somebody take a knife yeah. uh, or true. a laser That's, to your yeah, throat. Yeah, nodules, pre-nodules yeah. especially. Yeah. And, they, and I never, ever, ever had a problem after that. Yeah, that's fantastic. So, it is crazy the things know. that we put our, our instrument through. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, the, I, it fascinates me that, and Chris, I wanted, I wanted sure, to ask you about sure, this, because yeah. the kids these days have to do so <laughs> it's much. Insane. Yeah. It's an insane like amount. Kids. Yeah. Literal yeah. kids. Yes. Yeah. Not like kids like no. in their 20s. Smoking my, yeah. you know, yeah, my cigarette kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, tell us what you're doing. Yeah. Sure. Yes. Um, yes. So uh, a lot has, has changed since I don't know when the last time I was on the... Um, it was June of 2013. Cool, yeah. Um, so you since just then... accepted the position at Pace. Okay, oh so I've been, I've been teaching at Pace oh, cool. for three years. Um, I'm in my third year there. Uh, I've gotten married. My wife Congratulations. That's why I don't have a glass of wine right now because I'm in solidarity with her for the next oh, nine months. Oh, so that's that's sweet. Great. Um but uh yeah, I, I was at the time I was teaching in Connecticut most of the time and I just started teaching out of my bedroom. Um and since then my, my studio in the city has gotten very big and I, I teach exclusively in Manhattan. And since Where, sorry? Uh in uh in Manhattan, just in uh, at Shetler Studios. Uh-huh. You're not so at I Pace teach. anymore? Mm-hmm. No, I'm also at Pace. Oh, okay. So okay. Mm-hmm. I, That's great. I'm at Pace, I'm at Shetler Studios, and I'm the children's vocal coach for the School of Rock, the, the Angelo Dwebers musical. So cool. Very cool. Yeah. That little Congratulations. Yeah, that little show. That little Broadway show. show. <laughs> Moderately talented children. Yeah, no, it's, so yeah, with with your question on the children, um, it is, it, there, there's so many shows right now with kids in them. There's, Matilda, there's School of Rock, there's um, Finding Neverland, there's King and I, there's... Spring Awakening's back, right? Spring Awakening, yeah, which is teens and, and early 20s people. Um, there's more than that. I, I know there's more than that that's playing right now. Uh, Lion King. Mm. Fun Home. Um, fun Home. Mm. Yep, I have all those kids are my students. Um, Seriously. Yeah. Wow. So the, the demands are, are hard, and, and they're expected, almost every single one of those children are expected to do eight show Eight really? Shot weeks, yeah. Wow. Yep. Almost to a T. Oh, I thought um, that was a, a a law that they couldn't do eight shows yeah, a week. Yeah. When I was younger, I thought that that was. Uh, it's. I mean, it's not for any of my any of oh. my students. They all of my students do eight show weeks. Wow. Um, and all the King and I kids today. Week all. Too, yep. Yeah. Wow. Yep. Really? Yeah. I mean, they just walked on and off. And, and what's the youngest? What's, <laughs> what's the youngest one in in these shows? Like the King and I. In King and I, our youngest kid was nine. Yeah. And in School of Rock. School of Rock, our youngest is probably 11. I have mm. a student at Fun Home who I think is 9. Mm. I think Matilda is, is double cast. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Matilda has four kids, but. Um, Did the, you have kids from Annie by any chance when it was uh, um, a few I had, years ago? I taught a lesson to one of the, the girls, oh. Annie, but that was, that was kind of right before I started really teaching in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been fun, and, and the demands are high. For them, and so you have to, I mean, you really, you treat them in, in, in a way like an adult, mm-hmm. um, because they're getting, they're getting paid like an adult, and um, your, your language and your, your energy is obviously very different in, in working with a kid, but I think you also have to, to get them to understand, like, okay, so your friends go to the playground, and they scream, and they run around, you can't do that, mm-hmm. and you have to have a steamer and you have to drink this much water a day, and you have to warm up before your shows. And on a two-show day, you cool down after the first one, and you do the second, and to find a way to make that exciting and necessary for them, but to also, I think, you know, remember that they're kids and to be like, okay, but at the end of the day, we're doing this because we love it, and Mm -hmm. you're very lucky that you've gotten to do what you love at such a high level, Mm -hmm. but you're still a child, and... Mm -hmm. And so how can we make you great, you know, for the audiences that are paying to see you, um, but also to be able to do this 
five years from now, ten years from now, thirty years from now. Do you ever have a kid that you feel like, you know, it's kind of a shame that they're missing out a little on their childhood? Um, it's hard. You know, I, I, it's a, it, it's a very special type of kid. I think that that does a does a Broadway show. Um, that they do. I, not only the kids, but the the family members that sort of like commit themselves to that lifestyle too. Mm-hmm. It's it's really hard to have a job, um, mm-hmm. to be a stage mother or a stage yeah. father that yeah. will be able to say yes. We have to do this self tape that's due by two p.m. in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. We've got to find or we've got to bring our kid to a coach to Ugh. teach him this song. It's we got this call at eight in the morning and you've got to learn it and have it recorded at two. Oh, right, 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 right. Um, and go to this audition. Blah, blah, blah. So it's it's hard, and um, I think it's important that that they they do have the ability to still be kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and as a, a, a voice teacher for lots of kids, it, that's something that I try to take responsibility for, at least partially, mm-hmm. to be like, cool. I'm not going to take you as seriously as the rest of the world is trying to take you right now. Right. That's amazing. We're going yeah, to you make can be a little happen. bit of relief and Yeah, that's the hope. Yeah. That's the hope. And they have child so. wranglers. They have child wranglers. Yeah, I mean there's a whole team that that takes care of you know, keeps them safe, keeps them puts them where they're supposed to be, but um like at School of Rock, I've been I've been very lucky. Um our whole music staff and whole production staff has really worked very hard from the get-go to say Okay, you know Andrew and um, Ethan Pop and Darren Ledbetter, who are all part of our music staff, take the children's vocal health very seriously. So mm-hmm. wonderful, you know. I go in and I give vocal health things, and you know all the parents know. Like, okay, this is who you contact when your child is sick. This is the process you go through, and you call mm-hmm. me and have them sing to me over the phone. Wow. Um, mm. I'm in. The, I'm at the theater about once a week um, with anybody that could have any like challenges or. If they sick if they're you know getting older anything like that like I, I'm in oh, there you must deal with with, with uh, boys yeah. whose oh, voices are changing yeah, that's huh? a lot of fun ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's you know it's I've, I've been and, and the kids have been very lucky um, that, that it is a production that takes their health seriously mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. both as a business proposition I think because it's like we want them to be around yeah. um, mm-hmm. but also just as a it, there's, there's a genuine I think care for the mm-hmm. kids, it's been nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm very, very happy to be a part of something that that takes that so seriously. Oh, it um, sounds amazing. Yeah, it's been fun. Can you can tell as an audience member too, because I saw yeah. it and like it, it looks like a show that cares about what it's doing. Yeah, that's you know? great. Yeah, I really do think that <clears throat> as much as we give the industry a hard time for it, I really do think that uh, the the team, <laughs> the production team is starting to care way more than they have before. Mm-hmm. The, the amount of calls that I've gotten from stage managers or from, any, oh. from different members mm-hmm. of production trying to get one of their cast members in for a session before opening or before a preview or, before, yeah. you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, they, they're the ones calling. And, yeah. mm-hmm. um, I mean, yes, I have a number of other clients who are having to call, but there are I am getting more and more calls from the actual industry itself and that's that's such a positive sign for me because it it shows that they are uh starting to see what they're asking uh their their cast Mm -hmm. members to go through what what uh you know the the demands that are placed upon them and they are starting to recognize it and they're starting to respect it and they're starting to want to help treat it and make sure that that their cast stays as healthy as absolutely possible and um that's amazing so i mean i'm thrilled to hear it on every show that i hear it on but i do feel like it's more and more it is happening more and more and more um yeah so that's in new york in new york yeah Yeah, because you know i I did uh i did the broadway tour of la cage au faux a few years ago Mm -hmm. and um I'm I'm really shocked. I, I mean, this is a point that you might want to delete after. I don't know, but <laughs> I am really shocked that the union allows people to work on the CETA contract sure. um, after all this time. You know, I was on the road before I did Chorus Line on Broadway. I was on the road with it, and I literally made twice as much money. 
Yeah. And that was and that a was, while ago. Yeah. I know you can't tell, but it was a while ago. <laughs> and uh, I, I just find that reprehensible, that uh, an, ag- an agreement that hasn't even been seriously um, gone through and negotiated is works so much against the people who are stuffing the producers' pockets mm-hmm. with money. And I just, I think I'm really glad to hear that in New York, you know, you have that kind of a, a support system. Yeah. yeah um, in, New, in New York it is happening, and at the Broadway level. Right. It's all at the Broadway small, level. That's a not very small, not at other levels. And, yeah. world. and you know, to for the touring companies, I mean, I, I do have a number of clients who tour, and they do have maybe a PT out with them, but not, I mean, <laughs> most... Well, I don't. I, I don't want to offend anyone who's in this industry at all. I mean, it. It's just a, a lot of people just don't understand the voice mm-hmm. as a, as a physical therapist <clears throat> and true. as a massage therapist and mm-hmm. a, and even in a, you know a, a general practitioner. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> a lot of doctors just don't, and a lot of practitioners just don't understand mm-hmm. the voice. Um, I mean, if you if you go into a massage therapist and you you know your musculature better than they do, and you say, "Oh, I have something's going on with my amyloid," and they'll be like, "Okay," mm-hmm. they <laughs> won't know what that muscle is. They uh-huh. have no yeah. idea. Uh-huh. And so, yes, they have PTs out on the road with them, but that's because it's probably a dance show, mm-hmm. right. and they're trained to work with dancers. Yeah. But I guess my point was more that if you pay people. A, a living wage, mm-hmm. then they can afford to take care of these yes. kinds of things by seeing someone who's specialized like you. Right. You know, and I think that that's, I think it's important. I think that people who are in the union ought to make their voices heard about this kind of thing in a right. very big way because it's literally gone downhill. And mm-hmm. I think that's kind of a shame. I used to feel very protected. Uh, by the union That's because true. I certainly so don't anymore I just want to clarify what I, I'm I think I'm hearing you say is mm-hmm. that because the contracts now are so much are, are financially less yeah. than what they've ever been or what they've yes. been and before. the conditions also mm-hmm. the conditions of travel the conditions of yeah. housing yeah. all of that of is done on a very sort of very low the lowest possible level right and these shows are, are very successful. I just think that they're, they're, mm-hmm. that ought to be revisited for Absolutely. anyone out there who <laughs> yeah. you know, has anything to do with I don't think you should delete today. it. I think it's <laughs> very, very important. <laughs> I just think it's important. Because, really because on the road, also on the road, the job is definitely harder Absolutely. than it is when you're at home in New York. Yeah. And that's when you really need to be able to take care of yourself. Absolutely. Well, so. Billy raised Billy. Billy, yes. Christina <laughs> but I gotta say, I, I have to end it on a positive note by saying that one of the great joys of my life was was the whole musical team that we traveled with in La Cage. Oh wow! I don't know if you guys know Joey Chancy. Do you know Joey no. Chancy? He's just a little miracle. That's what he has. <laughs> that little Joey Chancy. He is. He's. Uh, he was our uh, musical director, and he, then he went on to be the uh, assistant or associate musical director of Annie when it was on Broadway. Okay. And now he's on Beautiful. He's the conductor okay. at Beautiful. And um, he's just... There, there was a, a huge, delightful aspect to this tour that mainly had to do with the people mm-hmm. um, who were in the show. Cool. Stop. I love it. I love that. Well, four people. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. No, no, I was just going to say, four people that are on tour. I think what is now starting to be available that wasn't before is the online aspect of ah, yes. like self care or whether movie. it's like I teach it's Skype. You have six to seven Skype lessons a week, mm-hmm. um, wow. at, at least, and that's I, I taught three today, just sitting mm-hmm. in a room talking to myself in a screen. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was I had a student. I, sh- I did a. A Skype lesson out of her movie trailer that she was shooting some TV show in DC, cool. um, and another one that, yeah, it's just interesting how you're it works absolutely out. right. You're absolutely mm-hmm. right. And the mm-hmm. same with Christine's like online thing that it's that are coming. Yeah, yeah. There's, 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 <laughs> so that, happening. So that so if it, you have the budget, yep, if you've got the budget, then that is a distinct uh, advantage yeah. about being on the road. Yeah, yeah. you're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's there. There. 
it, it is a complicated world. That's there, there's no question about that. Mm-hmm. And I, I agree with everything. You know, n- not as an actor, I don't experience it, but um, I agree with everything you say. But the good thing, I, I think, hopefully, is that there are more options in 2016 than there would have been in 2010. Absolutely right. In mm-hmm. 1985, right. whatever. Yeah. That, Absolutely. That good help is out there, and there are, there mm-hmm. are lots of you know quality therapists and voice mm-hmm. teachers and Christine who, who can help you from from the hotel bed that you're you're sitting on. Right, and, right, 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 right. We're in our right. office being like, okay, right. we're going to do the exact same thing. So. I, I guess the reason that I bring it up is because especially with the Chorus Line Tour, we were so well-treated. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. We were so well-treated. You were and, stars. And, well, it's just that it was actual care. Yeah. They cared. Yeah. They wanted you to be happy, comfortably installed, um, and well-treated, mm-hmm. and well-paid. And Michael Bennett was still a millionaire. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know what I'm saying? So um, yep. it, mm-hmm. it's something that could exist now. Absolutely. It could absolutely exist now. Mm-hmm. And that's why I throw it out there. Yeah. I, I, I think it's important that, that people treat other people yeah, really well when yeah. they're working for you and they're making you mountains of yeah. money. And yeah. if, you know, it's funny you bring up a good point. And I think it's the best thing that I think each of us as industry professionals can do individually. I think the best way to take responsibility for that is to have a clear idea of what you're worth. Mm-hmm. Yes. Absolutely, mm-hmm. you know, and because so you know, you know there'll yeah. there'll always be someone who wants that gig that you are mentioning, mm-hmm. which is a fact of life, mm-hmm. sad or whatever. But mm-hmm. exactly, I think one of the most liberating times in my life was when I realized, okay, I. I need more than this. I feel like I'm worth more than this, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I'm going to get what I feel I'm worth. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And having the the power and within yourself to say no. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. no is a yeah. wonderful word, isn't yes, it? it is. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, but yes. no. <laughs> Thank you, but. Thank you, but. That's that's definitely something you have to address when you're in a private practice, when you're mm-hmm. a voice mm-hmm. teacher, when you're you know when you're a private practitioner is your worth when you're setting your financial rates oh, yeah. mm-hmm. or you're raising <laughs> your so rates oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I just did yep. too and I have to send out an email and my husband and I were yep. just talking about it on the way here and I was like oh and I'm like just I can't believe this still gonna come. Yep. I know yeah yep. and my I, husband's like you have to recognize your worth he'd said mm-hmm. exactly that and and uh, and a colleague of mine at the Upledger Institute in Florida just the other day was like, Christine, you have to recognize your worth. I think I think as you struggle with that as a performer and you struggle with that as a mm-hmm. practitioner. Mm-hmm. You have to recognize your worth. And and I think that's one of the absolute foundations of truth for every performer. Mm-hmm. Recognizing your worth. And I think for me, speaking as a performer, what changed my auditions was when I first came here and, and I'm hearing all these amazing voices and seeing these gorgeous girls go in and thinking, how, how can I compete with this? Um, and I just, for a while, I was just like, oh my God, there's just so many people here. I can't compete. I can't compete. And one day it just hit me and I thought, the only thing I'm bringing in this room that nobody else can is me. Mm-hmm. It's me. Mm-hmm. What do I have that's different from everyone else? Mm-hmm. My compassion, my empathy, mm-hmm. my you know the the Your experience. my yeah. sensitivity, <clears throat> my that the fact that that's a good thing and a bad thing. Mm-hmm. My experience, my mm-hmm. and the second I started walking into audition rooms with that understanding, I went from being like, "Hi, how are you? Thank you so much for having me," you know, <laughs> to be like, "Hey, mm-hmm. it's so good to be here." Just mm-hmm. truly in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and it changed. That's when my whole performing path changed for me. And I and I think that that uh, is another aspect of that worth, knowing mm-hmm. your worth. Yeah. What is your worth? Mm-hmm. What makes also, you special? It doesn't have to be something. You know. Oh, I can dance greater right. than anyone in here. Mm-hmm. It's not that. What makes you special is the fact that nobody else is can you. Be you. Mm-hmm. But also that you might not be what they're looking for, and that's not tragic. Yeah. 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 You yeah. know, that's the thing. And if you're feeling like that kind of rejection kind of uh, cancels out who you are. Yeah. You know, you're in you big trouble. Your yeah, exactly. Probably. It was so nice to leave the twenties, wasn't it? It was great. Live a few more fire. years yeah. and you'll be fine. I remember Everybody being twenty-nine. 20s, I'm so sorry, you'll be fine. It's true. <laughs> yeah. I remember being twenty-nine, about to turn thirty, and being scared. Uh huh. 
I can't curse here, but like scared out of my life. <laughs> but once I turned 30, it was the best. <laughs> oh, <laughs> 30s are amazing. Right, they are amazing. <laughs> Welcome to the party, anybody. There's a, there's a great book called The Four Agreements. Oh, mm. yes. Okay. Rules to live by. I am always, I mean, it's so funny because I am so unspiritual. I mean, I just am. I'm just so, <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, know. you, you do. Are you kidding? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. isn't yeah. that good news? Because <laughs> I just feel like, um, I just always feel so sort of cynical and sort of, sure. oh, really? You know, when someone says something deep. But, um, but I have to say, the four agreements, my husband and I laugh about about this all the time you know this especially the don't assume anything and don't take it personally oh yeah you know <laughs> it's just it's it is kind of hilarious because you can you can if you could really sincerely keep that in mind you could actually save yourself so much grief but it's almost more fun to realize <laughs> after the fact after the fact oh I <laughs> broke that right you know? oh, I definitely broke um, that agreement. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but no the four, you're absolutely you know tell the truth do your best don't take it personally and don't, don't assume anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's, wh- I mean, if we want to get really deep here, um, <laughs> you know, it's just a fact that you never know. Huh. You just never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and I mean like life and death. You never yeah. know what's going to happen. And it it's distinctly raises the stakes. Um, you know, when you, when you realize that really what, right this very moment is really all you have. Mm-hmm. So you might as well be yourself mm-hmm. and do your, do your best. Tell the truth. Tell the truth. You know, that is the thing that hits me the hardest and has definitely um, made me a few enemies. Is, you know, <laughs> I really think that, uh, you know, style, style comes into this a little bit, of course. It's how you tell the truth. But, um, You've got style. I yeah, think he's so. wearing shades and a hat indoors, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes. You are the stylist. But I really think that the most, I think that's the most important thing ever is to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, except that I'll never admit how old I am. Other than that, I think it's really important to tell the truth. You know, as soon as you say that, everyone knows you're old. So, I mean, I don't even know why I bother. But, um, you're not in your 20s. I just think, Thank no, God. no. And, and your 30s celebration's a little bit behind me, too. But, uh, <laughs> but. I really, I, I, I think it's just the root of anything that's going to be successful if it's based in truth. Yeah, mm. um, absolutely. I had the most, can I tell you an amazing experience that I have? Yeah. yeah. Um, when I met my husband, my husband's French and he, he lives in Paris. Mm-hmm. And I was living there too when I met him. And uh, we were, it was kind of like a little movie thing. I mean, it was like a little scene in a movie. Here we are in this sun-dappled place where the market was just like closing up, they were packing up, and I jumped into John Louis' arms. And since I am so short and he is not, I was not actually on the ground. And this lady appears from nowhere and says, "Dis toujours la vérité," and then disappears. And that means always tell the truth. I mean, it was so like who was oh that masked man? You know, who was? It was so wild. And she was so urgent about it. Mm. I think she said, dit toujours la vérité l'un de l'autre, you know, to each other. And mm. it, I mean, I have never forgotten that. It was like it happened yesterday. We've been married for 27 years. So, um, but I think that's true. I think when you, when you tell the truth to yourself mm. and the person that you're with or the job that you have, if you come from a place that isn't fabricated, mm-hmm. I think you're in good shape. Mm-hmm. And even if things fall apart, it's going to build something else. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, it's the same. It's, it's a very similar world in, in writing. Mm. You know, my, my most successful moments are the moments when I'm just being honest mm-hmm. and letting it flow and not, mm-hmm. you know, not forcing it. You know? mm-hmm. yeah. Like showing up and telling the truth as best as you can mm-hmm. on that day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was one of the four agreements, too. Like, always do your best. But, like, understand and appreciate that your best will differ day to day. Yeah. Like my Absolutely. best today will does not look like my best yesterday. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's okay. Mm-hmm. You know what you just made me think of? What? Um, that has to do with voice. That's really uh, it. Really means a lot to me personally. Is 
I remember seeing Les Miserables when there was a, an understudy on for Jean Valjean. And isn't yes, Recent, yes. Recently or no, no, no. Like, uh, back, the original. Back. Oh yeah. I think it. I, um, I'm so bad on the years. I mean, when you lie about how old you are, you have no idea. <laughs> it's all a blur. When was that? You know, but Sometimes. no, it was ninety-three. Right? I had friends. I think I had friends who were in it, and I went to see it, That's and they, it anyway. the guy who played Jean First Valjean time. was the understudy, and his voice cracked on "Bring Him Home." Oh. And he was a gorgeous actor, mm. gorgeous. And his voice cracking didn't matter at all. Absolutely. I mean, like, not at all. And I went backstage afterwards, you know, to say hey to my friends. And one of them says, I'm so sorry you saw that. <laughs> Did you hear his voice crack? Oh, no. And I was like, you, you know, that's that just not yeah. the point. Yeah. He, I, I don't care if... See, uh, the beauty of a voice is not necessarily voice production and the purity of a note. To me, it's really that 50-50 thing of how much invested, how much emotional investment there is in it. Mm-hmm. And, and, that's, uh, and I'm not just trying to excuse anything I might do wrong. And, and when I say <laughs> yeah, but I'm saying it's just true. It's like some people say, oh, isn't she fabulous? And I'll hear this like amazing voice, and I'm like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I could never sing like that. Um, but, I, I mean, this is a very cliche example to cite, but someone, or you guys said Adele uh, sure. before, mm-hmm. you know, she has an emotional quality to her voice that just blows me away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I immediately, it. like if you I'm know. in Starbucks or something and she comes on, I'm kind of like, I Dang. start to sort of pay attention. And... And what I was going to say is, you know, Billie Holiday recordings. Mm. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh my goodness. Mm. She was just destroyed mm. in a lot of those yeah. recordings. But the song still comes across extremely meaningfully and, and beautifully. Mm-hmm. And I think that's also important for, for people to realize that it's not necessarily a, a pristine performance that yeah. is necessarily yeah. better than somebody perfection. who... Yeah, it's not no. about perfection. It's, it's about, about a combination... Off. Absolutely yeah. not. That's yeah. really important. Yeah. I mean, as a writer, um, one of the songs that I'm presenting in this episode uh, is sung by Amy Jo Jackson. Oof. And who can sing anything. anything. <laughs> <laughs> and I wrote her a song, and I had originally written it in my key, in the key of Joel. <laughs> it's a pretty fierce key. It's a fierce key. <laughs> <laughs> And then I transposed it for her into what I believed was a mezzo key. And, um, and I, was, I was like, oh, this is going to be fierce. It's going to be some A flats and B flats and Works. C's. You know, it's like, like, let her like, sit in that nice, belty place. And she came back to me and she, she was like, you know what? I feel more authentic in your key. Mm-hmm. She's like, she, you know, and she, you know, taught me a lesson about mezzos. But also in, in that lesson, she taught me, she, she's like, this is the key that you wrote it in. Mm-hmm. And... And so, like, by, you know, as a result, like, she's, like, she's singing low Fs in this song. Wow. Mm. And it's so rich. Mm-hmm. And it's just so easy. And it's That's free. awesome. Mm. And I can't wait to share that song. Seriously. I mean, awesome. one, one thing, one of the many things I love about your work, Joel, is the fact that you write for so many different voices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't remember, I remember when I first sang for you, I had, like, an amazement moment where I realized, oh, I'm singing a baritone song. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a new mm-hmm. song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, I don't have to be Seriously. a screaming tenor, which I am not. <laughs> so, so I thank you for like giving everyone a voice that way. That's great. Yeah, and I, I want to say what, what I loved about that thing that we did at Ars Nova, the In Others' Words, mm. Um, that concert where I met you, mm-hmm. Christine, and met you. Well, yeah, I, yeah that is where I met you. You were the most delightful <laughs> stage manager yes. that ever oh, walked on earth. <laughs> sure. Oh my god! Just and then, and I around. didn't know what a performer you were. Oh god! I knew you as a stage manager and as a photographer, and then discovered you as a performer. <laughs> so a nice surprise I'm impressed. People? Yeah, I'm really impressed. Mm. But god, what I, I loved about days. that was you. You said at some point, and maybe. Maybe you said it even at the concert that you had written all of these different songs, which were um, poems that you had composed music to, because someone had told you if you're blocked about writing, then take somebody else's words and 
you know, make music with that. And yeah. I just thought that there's always a way, if you if you can find it, to work into you know a, yeah, a, a creative yourself. way oh, if you're okay. blocked in one mm-hmm. one particular aspect. Yeah, there's totally different ways. Like that, uh, Ricky and Gordon taught me that. Mm-hmm. And yeah, he said he's like whenever I feel stuck, he's like I just find a poem that speaks to me mm-hmm. and I set it. He's like he's mm-hmm. like and it, he's like you'd be really surprised what un- what it unlocks. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Yeah, I love that phrase to work around yourself. That's mm-hmm. great. I'm putting that in my pocket, and I'm putting vocal athlete in my pocket. <laughs> <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah. <laughs> we, we've got just a few, a few sound bites. In the <laughs> I love it. Um, man, um, so much life has happened since, since our interviews, yeah. which is insane. Um, let, let me correct me if I'm wrong, but three of you were not married. Mm-mm. No. Or probably. Right. Oh, right, and you're all married oh now. Yeah. Wow. Were we even Holla. engaged by the time of our... No, I wasn't I was. I wasn't either. Yeah. Oh, how That's cool. That's so fun. Yeah. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Congratulations, Congratulations you I didn't know you were married. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Oh, I have the best husband in the world. Cool. Oh, my goodness. I'm so lucky. Mm-hmm. I really I am. I've never met him. No? I've never met him. Well, he's, he'll be in town on Sunday for a month. Okay. And um, you may have seen him. You may have seen him if you saw the documentary called Man on Wire. Oh, it's yeah. about oh the gosh. wire walk between the World Trade Centers because he used to be the wire walker's best friend and he put the wire up there. His name is Jean Louis. What? Um, That's cool. Yeah. <coughs> and huh. and uh, I mean, he's not an actor or anything, you know, uh, but he's, cool. uh, he's, I think he's quite beautiful in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, That's amazing. He's a little upset because he started to cry at one point. Um, and it was because he was kind of reliving the emotion of that night because the wire, this is really not about mm-hmm. voice. Should no, I stop? No, 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 this is about voice. Because the wire, um, uh, Philippe, the wire walker, had not done a dry run like mm-hmm. John louis had asked him to. He asked him to go into the forest and hang the wire in the void so that if anything went wrong, they'd have the right equipment um, mm-hmm. You know, because that changes mm-hmm. what you need. Sure. <laughs> the um, uh, the the math is very very altered by yeah. you know what the weight is yeah. of the wire at that point. It's a steel cable, so wow. he didn't do that, but he said he did, and so they had the wrong equipment. And <gasps> Philippe forgot to secure the wire on his <clears> end, and it almost fell completely into the void. But he remembered at the last minute, and John Louis had to pull that wire for seven hours. Oh, my goodness. Um, through the void. And every time he had this winch that he'd do a whole turn of the winch, it only moved a tiny bit, a tiny, tiny bit. Like, for all of you listeners out there, <laughs> I'm holding my hands in a tiny little, like when you go this much. Okay? <laughs> and, um, and so it took him seven and a half hours to pull this wire across, which totally um, dehydrated him and made it difficult for him to take pictures, although he does have a gorgeous website where you can see pictures of Philippe on the wire that oh John Louis took. Because he was supposed to have an exclusive deal for the photos. And um, when he was being interviewed for the movie, he broke down, but not in a, not in a bad way. It was almost mm-hmm. tears of joy. Like the, He didn't think it would get done. He really didn't think that he would be able to pull that wire to where Philippe could you know, have a stable wire to walk on and in telling the story it it overcame him but the way that it's edited makes it look like he's weeping over their friendship having been destroyed Mm -hmm. since then and that's not that's not it Mm -hmm. um you know John Louis is a, a, a really interesting person he doesn't need to have some famous mm. friend to make him feel valid yeah. mm. and uh, that that wasn't it so he was very disappointed in the way that it went you know the way it was edited but anyway he's uh, I think he's gorgeous in the film and I do like I do like Man on Wire a lot cool. he I doesn't but I, I do because <laughs> it doesn't really tell his story I mean mm-hmm. you know Philippe would never have taken a step on if there hadn't been a wire to walk on you know <laughs> it would have been a little difficult but anyway man on I hope you've enjoyed listening to part one of the season one reunion panel As you heard, the interview took a pretty quick turn into a fascinating conversation between these four artists and myself 
which is why I, for the most part, like turned my microphone off and just let them speak. And hopefully you were able to hear um, my questions and chiming in. And apologies if there was any use of uh, foul language that I hope that didn't offend anybody. But it was such a fascinating conversation, I didn't want to edit a moment of it. Now comes the time we're going to set up the song. And uh, for this episode, I had my dear friend Amy Jo Jackson from a season or two ago uh, sing The Dead Must Sing, which is from the Cabot Cove EP. Accompanying her on piano is Josh Kite. Remember, Amy Jo's performance will also be available to stream on SoundCloud and brand new this season on YouTube. Be sure to follow me on all things social media and may find those links and so much more on joelbnew.com. Please follow my guests at billybphotography.com, gaymarshall.com, lifelightmassage.com, and chrisyorkvoicestudio.com. Subscribe to, rate, review this podcast, tell your friends all about it. Special thanks to the Dramatist Guild Fund, Stephanie Layton, Peyton Royal, Joel Dickinson, the Murder We Spoke podcast, and Showscore. Last but not least, I want to thank my four guests. It was a really, really special conversation, and I look forward to sharing part two with you next week. From my apartment in Inwood, this is Joel B. New saying thank you for dropping by for something new. Oh,
there's the choir. I can hear them now. Where's the exit? Where is the fire? I can hear them Yeah.